about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Today I want to take, talk about taking ownership three. The last in our series of taking ownership it means being the CEO of your life. So I've tailored this message to reach also the fathers, but also to reach mothers and to reach singles. It, it's, it, I, I just want you to pick what you need to pick from this message and it will be a blessing. So don't think this is a Father's Day's message alone. This is something that's going to bless everyone as we continue with this. And so we're going to spend a bit more time than usual in church at home right now. Um, so let's go quickly to the book of Galatians and chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 4 to 5, which was our scripture, which we've, which we've sat on for a while. It says, make a careful exploration of who you are. Men, fathers, make a careful exploration. Explore. Explore who you really are and the walk you have been given. This is for fathers now. And then sink yourself into that. If you're a father, sink yourself into fatherhood. If you have children, sink yourself into taking care of them. If you're, if, you're, if you're a husband, sink yourself into being a great husband. If you're a wife, sink yourself into being a great wife. If you're a, 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 a mother, sink yourself into that. If you're single, sink yourself into it. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Uh, and, and, and I believe this will be a blessing to most of the fathers today. Let me give you a brief recap of where we're coming from. I did say a few weeks ago that you are the chief executive officer of your life. You are the CEO of your life. Meaning that this is the time that you take ownership of your life and of your future. So we've been teaching on how you would take ownership of your life and of your future. And we started to speak about, because I, I want to really delve into the message quickly today, and what makes you a good CEO? What, what must you do to be a good CEO of your life? And I gave you three things, and today I'm going to give you the fourth one. And the first thing I said is you've got to accept yourself. Um, all my young ones, all my homies, all my Jesus, all, all every age, you must be able to accept yourself. And how do I do that? I taught you that you've got to believe your value. You've got to honor your value. You've got to cultivate your value. You've got to see possibilities in your value. You are valuable. The next thing I said you need to do to be a good CEO of your life, a good chief executive officer of your life, is to be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. And I taught you how do I actually, how can I be kind to myself? How do I achieve this? I said, number one, you've got to learn to talk kindly to yourself. Speak well to yourself. Number two, you've got to decide that you are worthy of love. Number three, you've got to be patient with yourself. And number four, you've got to forgive yourself. And then I went further on last week, which was the shouting, shouting message. Uh, and I called it, invest in yourself. And that riled me up. Invest in yourself. 
successful CEOs base their decision on their future. They, 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 they don't base their decision on where they are right now. And I told you that there's three or four emotional investments you, need, investments you need to make. Number one, an emotional investment. Number two, a financial investment. Number three, a physical investment. Emotional means you've got to take care of yourself, protect yourself. Don't, 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 don't sell out your life to somebody who does not have value for your life. Number two, I said financial investment. And I, I spoke about how you, you need to learn to invest for the future. And, I, I, and we did some graphs of the board. Having said that, let me give you something that, that, that's a bit funny. Let me help you here. So I spoke about cars, you understand, which was where my passion really came up. And how sometimes we waste money on cars. Do you know what happened? I got home, and as soon as I got through the door, and we were on the table having lunch, my son says, Dad, that's a good message. However, you've got two cars. Does that mean you're spending 58,000 pounds in four years? That, don't you think you should give one car away? And I said, wow, that's fantastic. And so I had to tell him, I said, you know what? Number one, my age, I'm 53. And I'm not, I didn't have two cars when I was 30. Neither did I have two cars when I was 20. And I wasn't even driving close to what I was driving right now. All through that period, I told him I was investing. So my cars are the profit of the investment of the investment. Meaning it's the, I'm using the profit of the profit. I'm not using the base, my base economy. I'm using the profits of the profit of my economy. I said, that's, that's, so that's number two. So the first thing is I didn't buy when I was young. I was investing when I was young. Number two, I'm using the profit of the profit. And number three, I deserve it. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, okay, I get it, I get it. So you've got to learn to financially invest in yourself because there are times and seasons when you can do stuff. When I first got my car, which the, the first car I got was given to me, the first good car I drove was given to me by the place where I was walking. So you've got to start to walk yourself up it. Don't let me go into that today. Physical investment, you've got to take care of your body. Because if you don't take care of your body, it will cave in and you will never enjoy what God has given you. And number three, I spoke about spiritual investment. So let's go over it again. You've got to accept yourself. You've got to be kind to yourself. You've got to invest in yourself. And today, I want to finalize this by saying you've got to push yourself somebody say push yourself you've got to push yourself now let me take a, a, a brief detour right now and let me speak about this and let me address some men uh, men you you've got to take ownership of everything that god has given into your care everything the book of galatians that we read it was very clear you've got to take ownership and you've got to sink yourself into it fathers you've got to take ownership of everything that god has given to you listen to me when god gave uh when god gave adam the garden in genesis chapter 2 and verse 15 look at what god says god took the man set him down in the garden of eden to work the ground and to keep it in order Genesis 2.15. It says, God took man. He says, set him down in the garden of Eden uh, to walk the ground and to keep it in order. So, what did God do? God made man the CEO of what he gave, it, gave him. God made you the CEO of your garden. And let me talk to some fathers or some husbands here. God has given you a garden. Your garden is your wife. Your garden is your children. Your garden is your finances. Your garden is your home. And God said to him, if you read other verses, he says, God gave him the garden. He says, tend it. 
You've got to learn to tend your garden. You've got to learn to cultivate your garden. You've got to learn to dress your garden up. How do you dress up your wife? How do you take care of your wife? How do you take care of your children? How do you dress them up? Both physically, spiritually and emotionally. You've got to be able to keep it in order. How, how exactly are you taking care of what God has given you? The first thing God gave man wasn't a wife. He gave him responsibility. The first thing he gave man was responsibility. He said to man, man, you've got to take care of what I'm giving you right now. You've got to take responsibility of the things that I have given you. And so, this thing where we go into this blame game, oh, my wife did this, it's the children, oh, I've done my best. You haven't done your best because there are three things God said to him when you hear, when, when you hear the word, keep, keep it in order. It means to tend it, it means to cultivate it, it means to dress it up, it means to keep it in order. So, is your home in order? When you take responsibility for your life, things start to change in your home. Uh, and, 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 and that is the reason why we have a crisis right now. Listen to me, I want to reveal some certain things up to you. Because today is Father's Day, let's talk a bit about the fathers. Let's talk about how fathers have to be good CEOs of their lives and the things that are around them. Because if a CEO is not performing, they're more likely to sack him. When a whole institution is not performing well, it is not those who are the checkers, the checkers that are going to dismiss. If Tesco is not doing well, it's not those who are walking on the ground that they're going to dismiss or they're going to let go. It is the CEO. It is the CEO because he has the responsibility for everything that operates underneath him. And it's very tragic that we are in a, to be able to dress our community, cultivate our community, and, 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 and tend our community. Listen to me. I want to give you some statistics not to dishonor fathers today listen to me because things are changing things are gradually changing i'm seeing a lot of fathers even in worship tabernacle that are being taught to take care of their children i'm seeing a lot of fathers that stand at the back and you can see them carrying their children around i've seen a lot of fathers that i meet them on the road they have their children with them so things are changing so the things i'm trying to bring up is not at all to dishonor fathers we need to actually encourage them but 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 what i want to do is what I'm trying to do is I want to stop an epidemic. I want to stop an epidemic that affects a large number of people within our community, within our population, or within our region. And sooner or later, if I don't start to preach this and teach into our community that all that your lives matter, that even if we talk about black lives matters, we've got to talk into our community because what, what is an epidemic now becomes a pandemic. The absence of fathers have gone from being an epidemic to a pandemic that doesn't that spreads over multiples of countries. I hope you would listen to me this morning and don't try to judge me. I want to give you some statistics. Now, before you start pressing the button or start typing stuff, let me finish because I'm bringing different reasons because uh, regions. And I may talk about one region and then everyone starts going angry. Be- just wait, let me finish. When I, met, when I looked at statistics, this is not pastor time, this is statistics. In Jamaica, more than a third of the nation's children have no father figure. A third. 
And over 90% of households have the parenting role being performed by the birth mother or the grandmother. 90% in Jamaica. In South Africa, South Africa's Race Relationship Institute found that 60% of South African children have absent fathers. Let me talk about Nigeria, where my wife comes from. About 40%, listen to this, even in Nigeria, about 40% of children in fathers' absence home have not seen their father during the past year. This is a new thing that came out. In fact, they said 26% of absent fathers live in a different state than their children. And listen, 50% of children living absent from their fathers have never set foot in their father's home. 50% in Nigeria. Let's talk about America. There is a father's absence crisis in America because according to the U.S. Census Bureau, 19.7 million children, more than one in four, so you count four houses, one, two, three, four, one, one, two, three, four, one, live without a father in the home. In between 2014 and 2018, the share of families headed by single parents was 75% among African American families. 58% amongst Hispanic family, 37% among white family, and 21% among Asian family. That means there's only 21% of absent fathers amongst Asian family. When you go into the Jewish, you find probably around 2% or 1%. Let's talk about Great Britain. A million UK children are growing up without a father. The Center for Social Justice reports says lone parent families are increasing by more than 20,000 a year. Wow. This is becoming an epidemic. He says, and will top 2 million by the next general election, of which the black ethnic group has the highest proportion of lone parent households at 13%. Listen to me. The absence of fathers is linked to higher rates of teenager crime, pregnancy and disadvantage. The report says, especially warning, that the UK is experiencing what is called, and I quote, quote, open quote, a tsunami of family breakdown. Close quote. A tsunami of family breakdown. My message today is push yourself. Uh, and, and listen to this. Let me give you some statistical analysis uh, uh, that are showing from fatherless homes. Because before we start shouting all over the place, we need to start to shout at each other to develop a great generation for the future. See, hear my heart. It could be a controversy right now, but I want all the men to listen to me. Before we want to provide solutions externally, I'm asking us, let's provide solutions eternally. Listen to the statistics of fatherless homes in black ethnicities mainly. Listen, 85%, I hope they can put it up, 85% of all children that exhibit behavioral disorder comes from fatherless homes. 85%. 
90% of all homelessness and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. This is not only related to the black community, sorry. 71% of teenage pregnancies are to children of single parents, so the cycle continues. Listen to me. 75% of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists come from fatherless homes. 70% of juvenile in state facilities come from fatherless homes. And 85% of all incarcerated youths grew up in a fatherless home. I hope someone can look at these statistics. None of those statistics dropped below 70%. So on Father's Day, I want you to all push yourselves to become great CEOs. Women, I want you to push yourself just a bit to allow the fathers to become part of the children's life. I know many of you would, would, would sit down there and say to me, he's a deadbeat father. I know many of you would sit down there and say, he hasn't done anything in my children's life. And, 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 and circumstances are different, and I empathize and I sympathize with it. But I'm just saying that don't let the issue between you and the man become the issue of the child in future. You don't want to be a mother who wants to visit a child in prison. You don't want to be a mother who has to be a grandmother at the age of 16, 17. There is a place of the fathers, and I'm talking about fathers who want to get involved. You may be hurt because the father is living with another woman, but that is not the problem or should not be the issue of the child. Put your grievances apart, and on Father's Day, Allow the man to become a part of the child's life. And I'm, I'm, I know that there's some deadbeat fathers around and they don't want to get involved. I understand that. But I'm just talking about those who you may encourage, those who can get involved, those who you may not want them to get involved because they have hurt you. You've got to put the child, you've got to put the child You've got to put the child before your emotions. And I pray that God will heal you enough. I, 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 I hope that we're willing to take this calculated risk so that we do not continue to give birth and produce children who become a menace to the society than to become a dependent people in this society. We've got to be able to produce children and fathers. We've got to be able to get involved so much that we do not become a statistics of disorder to this environment, but become people who will give birth to greatness in the next generation and kick poverty out. Push yourself to build. Push yourself. 
Listen to me carefully. Every high performing successful CEO has the innate or intrinsic ability to push themselves. Fathers, you've got to push yourself. Mothers, you've got to push yourself. Those who are single, push yourself. If you're a single young man, push yourself to honor women. Push yourself. Don't see women as an object of sex. Don't, 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 don't just think that you're a man because of what is between your legs and you can just do whatever you want to do with it any single time. That does not make you a responsible person. Push yourself to be honorable. Push yourself to realize that when it is your time, that is when it's your time. Don't go before your time. Push yourself. Push yourself beyond the normal person on the street. Push yourself, guys. I'm talking to this generation. We don't know how to push ourselves. Push yourself to know when you should or when you shouldn't do things. CEOs are great people who have great minds that are willing to take calculated risk by taking action. The fact of life is that there are very few things in life that come easy. You've got to learn to push yourself. By now, people should be, you should be able to take some notes that apply to you. You may have heard all the messages I've preached over the last uh, 16 weeks. Uh, that, that we've been in lockdown. Or last 14 weeks we've been in lockdown. But this is the, one of the most important ones. You can't do anything unless you learn to push yourself. Life is tough. You must push through the frustrations and look at the gains beyond the pain. Can I talk to fathers quickly? I'm always going to go, they start oscillating between. Yes, you are not with the best brother. But you can push yourself to be honorable. Oh, you don't know who this, this woman is. She's wicked. She's, she's a troublemaker. Push yourself. The fact that you resigned from seeing your children and say when they grow old, they will, they will know their father is an erroneous lie because when they grow old and know their father, God forbid that they know you in prison. Or you know them in prison. Push yourself. There's a gentleman in church who was denied of his child. He came to me. We prayed. He says, Master, I'm going to take legal action. I must see my child. He pushed himself. After spending 16,000 pounds, he won the case. 16,000 pounds. Those are people who push themselves. Those are people who are good CEOs. Those are men who are CEOs. And some people are sitting down just boasting and shouting their head off. But you look into their lives, their children are erect. They can't even see their fathers. In Nigeria, 50% have not even stepped foot in their father's house. You've got to learn to push yourself. Even if you have to crawl, push yourself. Even if you have to beg, push yourself. Not everything is a fight with the baby mother. Sometimes you may have to humble yourself because of the, because of the crown that is set before you. Sometimes you may have to crawl. Sometimes you may have to beg. Sometimes you may have to look a fool. But you are investing in the life of a future generation. Push yourself. Push yourself. Push yourself. Everyone that is watching me today, young and old, listen to me. Push yourself, please. If you've got someone at home, turn to them and say, push yourself. Push yourself. Push yourself. Because if you don't push yourself, you'll be pushed into the abyss of failure. Push yourself. Don't only invest in yourself. Don't only love yourself. But you've got to push yourself. You've got to push forward. Let me give you three things. 
that you can do to push yourself. Let me teach you how to push yourself to become a better me. Push yourself. How do I push myself to become a better me? Number one, I used three A's this morning. Abandon being comfortable. Pastor, abandon being comfortable. Listen to me. Let me reel these things off. Change does not occur without a degree of comfort, of discomfort. And high achieving people recognize that there must be a degree of discomfort before success will come. Father, think about this in the whole scheme of what I'm talking about. Those who are single, think about this. Those who are ladies, think about this. Those who are men, think about this. There's no successful marriage without discomfort. Most people don't lack the drive. They lack the, willi- they lack the willingness to become uncomfortable. Sometimes you have to do things you have never done before. All this thing about managing your life, managing your emotions, being a good CEO of your life, has to come with the ability to push yourself beyond the boundaries of comfort. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Listen to what it says. Because many of us need to look at the person who has gone before us. It says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him. He endured, endured, pushed himself the cross, disregarding its shame. That means in the process of pushing yourself, you may go enter shame. You may encounter with shame. He says he disregarded the shame. I just spoke about this. Some fathers, you may need to disregard the shame to be able to bring up somebody who will give you great fame. You may, you may need to disregard the shame. To produce children of great fame. Because if you consider the shame, you will produce children of bad fame. He says he disregarded the shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. You have to be uncomfortable. Many of us in this day and age don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to. Our, our, our level of tolerance is so low. Comfort plummets. Creativity. Comfort plummets creativity and kills productivity. And growth and comfort do not coexist together. There is no seed put in the ground that has not that that, that will not die first before it produces fruits. Learn that discomfort is your friend. It is not an enemy to fear. It's actually a good thing. Because when you're uncomfortable, you're trying something new. You're learning. You're expanding. You're becoming more than you were before. Discomfort is a sign that you are growing at the beginning. It it, it perfectly fits. It perfectly fits into your life. Because when you start something without clue, you're guaranteed that little by little, you will find that path to awesomeness. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying right now? When, when you, listen, when you avoid, when you avoid entering into the zone of discomfort, you have made a decision to kill productivity. So the question I want to ask you this morning, fathers, mothers, young ones, 
sitting at home, listen to me. What have you been avoiding because of discomfort? What feelings have you been rejecting? You've got to learn to challenge yourself daily. Find uncomfortable things and do them and it will expose you to a world of greatness. Sometimes you have to introduce yourself to strangers. Some people find that uncomfortable. You get into a lift. Somebody walks into a lift. You will not say no. It could be somebody of a different color. It could be somebody of a, of a different ethnicity. Have you ever checked how many people have you got on your contact list? How many of them come from a different ethnicity, a different color, a different race? You've got to be willing to be uncomfortable. Learn to introduce yourself to someone. Learn to introduce eat something you've never tried before. If you're going to push yourself, you've got to go beyond the weight that you continue to carry in the gym. Sometimes you've got to carry more weight. Sometimes maybe you run two miles today. Tomorrow, push yourself for three miles. Learn to be uncomfortable. Oh, I can only do two miles. No, you can't. I remember when I started training, I only thought that the biggest I can carry, when I was carrying uh, 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 20 kgs, I was like, yeah, yeah, I've arrived. Until one day, a trainer came and says, try 15. I said, not on your life. He says, try 15. What have you got to lose? Try 15. I tried 15. I nearly died. But 15 becomes normal now. You've got to push yourself. Try something new. Take a lead in the job that you've never done before. You've got to step up. Listen to me. Joseph, he stepped up. Even though he had no academic qualifications of management, he stepped up. And when he stepped up, stepped up, he became for a hundred years the prime minister of Egypt over different pharaohs. Because he stepped up. He interpreted the dream. Some of you would have sat there and said, yeah, I interpreted the dream. But, but they said, who else can we put into this position? You, Joseph, go into this position. If it's some of us, oh, 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 I don't have the experience. Step up. Come on. Daniel stepped up. Four Babylonian kings. He was still there. David stepped up. No other person could kill Goliath, but he stepped up. He was willing to become uncomfortable. Stop doubting yourself. Sit with your task that you're running away from. And don't switch to something else. Many of you are rather, you, you, you're afraid to be uncomfortable in your relationship. You enter into a relationship with a wife potential and now you the man, you're running away because she's pointing out things in your life that's making you uncomfortable. And the next thing you will say is that we're not compatible. You're compatible, man. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to become uncomfortable because you don't want to become responsible. Because when someone holds you to a level of responsibility, you think that they're boring. All you want to do is just jump in the sack and say, yeah, I'm the start. And the woman screaming your name. You think that is what's going to take you to your future? You think that is what's going to hold you down when you move into arenas where there will be a demand on your life? You, 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 uh, a man is not known by his sexual powers. He's known by what takes him to fall in the midst of adversity. Some women will say, no, I can't go out with this guy because he's boring. Because they're pushing you into a place of being uncomfortable. 
They are telling you that this high life you are living is not the real life. And many relationships are breaking up because we don't want to be uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable. It's unsettling. Sometimes it's downright painful. But in the long run, the alternative is often much, much worse. Any change, even a change for better, is always accompanied by drawbacks and discomfort. If you want to be successful, you must be willing to be uncomfortable. If you want something in life that you've never had before, you will have to do something that you have never done before. How do you really think it was comfortable for us to start to beam life into your home? We've never done that before. It's never occurred in our lifetime where churches are shut down. We had to change. It's uncomfortable for me setting up every single Wednesday. I have to set up a night before on Tuesday. Because I have to press different kinds of buttons to be able to reach you. That may be even still sleeping at 6 a.m. If you want change in your life, you must be willing to be uncomfortable to wake up early in the morning. But no, we don't want change. We just want that comfort. Oh, we just want to keep driving the car. Oh, we don't want to take the tube. Oh, we don't want to do that job. We don't want to apply for that job because it is out of the limits of what we think we can do. And many times, we don't become a great CEO because great CEOs are risk takers. They're willing to be uncomfortable for a season to get to where they are. Many people can't come together in a relationship because the woman is expecting that she's going to get a diamond ring. The diamond ring does not keep a marriage. Sometimes we may have to be uncomfortable for a while and put on that 20 pounds ring, that 40 pounds ring, that 100 pounds ring, that 200 pounds ring. And live with it for a while and, and start to build your life. And when you build your life and you die to yourself, both of you will start to enter into the echelons of greatness because that is when it is your time. Don't go ahead of your time. Be comfortable in being uncomfortable. Let me teach you number two. Number two, how to push yourself. Avoid procrastination. Abandon being comfortable. Number two, avoid procrastination. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 4. If you wait for perfect conditions, perfect, underline the word perfect. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Listen to what he says. He says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. There is an opportune time to do things. A right time for everything on earth. A right time for everything on earth. You've got to learn to avoid procrastination. Let me give you three or four things how you can avoid procrastination. Number one, be decisive. Be decisive. I have discovered that high-performing CEOs do not necessarily stand out for making great decisions all the time. No. You won't stand out by making great decisions all the time. No, 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 no. no. Rather, they stand out by being more decisive. They make decisions earlier. They make decisions faster. They make decisions with great convictions. Good CEOs realize that a wrong decision may be better than no decision at all. Be decisive. What do you want to do? Be decisive. Number two, practice your power of choice. Practice your power of choice. 
when we lack ownership we tend to fall into the passive trap of saying i don't have a choice i don't have a choice in reality we always have a choice even when we don't actively make a choice we are still making a choice by default you've got the power to make the choice make the choice that no one will abuse me anymore make the choice that i can push myself out of this god forsaken relationship you've got the power to return the car you've got the power to shut off some bills you've got the power to stay in that relationship make it work you've got the power of choice to build up your children in the way that god wants you to build up your children you've got the power but you've got to use that power to avoid procrastination number three do not wait do not wait the time will never be just right nobody ever got ready by waiting listen to me you only got ready by starting i got to say that again because i felt that nobody ever got ready by waiting you only get ready by starting oh i'm just waiting for everything to be okay before i start the business start the business and then things will start to fall in place there's a difference between passive waiting and active waiting Passive waiting is procrastination. I'm procrastinating. Procrastination. It's what is called laziness. It's what is called fear. I'm waiting for my husband. I'm waiting for my wife. What are you doing while you're waiting? Have you improved yourself? Have you you improved your life? Do you know how to cook? Both male and female. Do you know how to take care of children? Have you ever even gone to your brothers or your sisters and pick up their children for one day to experience what you're about to enter? But you're just sitting there and all you're doing is you have nails. Nails will disappear when you have children. Nails will not come into place. Are you, yeah, are, are, you just, are you just only concerned about carrying weights in the gym i'm just i'm a gym i'm a gym man i'm a gym man and you've never given yourself to help up you can't even the man change a light bulb you can't change a light bulb what are you doing to improve yourself oh and that's wait when she comes it will be fine remember i fell into that foolishness before i refused even to buy a microwave when i was young so that when when the wife comes she's supposed to have a microwave i refuse to do some certain things and I waited for a long time, being hungry. No, buy your property. Why are you waiting? Your parents said that, oh, you know what? If you buy this car, if you do this, no man will look at you. Do what you want to do. At least it will get rid of the reflux. But improve yourself. Go with people who are being, who are where you want to be. Sit down with them. Do it now. Don't wait. Later is what I call a dream killer. You're waiting, no qualifications. You're waiting, you don't know, you haven't even done your driving license. You're a young, young lady. You still haven't done your driving license. You become a liability. You're, in fact, you're a young man. And you still haven't done your driving test. You become a bigger liability. So that when your wife is about to give birth, you're calling Uber. This is the time to do stuff. Stop waiting for the time to be right. There will never be a right time. I'm shouting again. Listen to me. Doing things later is a dream killer. One of the countless obstacles that we put up 
to derail our chances of success. I will do it later. I will do that diet. Yeah, you know what? I will start that diet next week. Oh, no, 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 no. This week, I just want to rest. I will jump, drop humps next week. Uh, I know that property will happen. When it happens, it happens. You see, everything is later. This all unlocks what I call autopilot. The longer you wait to do something you should do now, the greater the odds that you will never actually do it. We should be taught. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you listen, if you will listen to anything in this message. Listen to this carefully. We should be taught not to wait for inspiration to start a thing. I need inspiration. I need no, 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 no. I want to teach you not to wait for that inspiration. Not to wait for that baby mama to call you. No, 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 no. Action always generates inspiration. Inspiration seldom generates action. But action always generates inspiration. When you start it, you start to get inspired. Book your driving test, you will find out that you will reach towards it. Book your exam, you will find out that you will start to be inspired to do it. Make that phone call. You will start to find out how inspiration will come. Number four. Start, or number five. Start where you stand. Start where you stand. And work with whatever tools you may have at your command. And better tools will be found along the way. Start with, with where you stand. As you go along, you will find better tools. No matter how difficult or daunting the task may be. Do it anyway. Once you develop the momentum, it will get easy as you go along. Most of the accomplishments that I've achieved in life, I began to attend them before I was really ready. I, I, I wasn't ready for pastoring. I just attempted it. We, I, we, 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 were one, we were just less than 100 people in the entertainment studio. With, with, and the 100 people, uh, 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 28% or 30% were, of, were made up of students coming from Brunel University when we bought this building. In fact, it was, it was gratefully, uh, uh, it was, we were grateful even to those young ones who actually even told their moms or fathers to contribute towards us buying the building. In fact, I remember one young lady who went to her mom and told her mom, 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 in my church, in my church, in my church, we want to buy a building and I need you to contribute. The mom gave us 15,000 pounds all the way from Nigeria. Just like that. And said we should never say thank you. But if I had looked at all the students then, we would not have the building we have. Do something and momentum will start to come. Oh, let me first get all the savings and everything right before I buy the property. Go property hunting. And you will start to get inspired. And then you will start to have momentum. Begin the investment now. You cannot win if you do not begin. Learn to break something that is not working. Forget motivation. Just do it. Forget motivation. Just do it. Do it without motivation. And then guess what? After you start doing the thing, that's when motivation comes and makes it easy for you to keep on doing it. Oh, I need to be motivated to go to the gym. Go to the gym and then motivation will come. When that weight starts to drop, then you will start to get motivated. You don't start getting motivated with carrying excess luggage. Men's procrastination can hurt families. Procrastination can hurt families. We're lazy. And that laziness prevents us from being loving. Don't procrastinate picking up the phone on Father's Day and call that lost son, that lost daughter. 
Because when we procrastinate, we become lazy. Many marriages break up because the root cause is procrastination and laziness. Because love requires commitment. And number three, number three, number three, how can I push myself? Abandon being uncomfortable. Abandon being uncomfortable. Avoid procrastination. And number three, acquire a winning mentality. David had a winning thought process. Acquire this thing. You've got to have a winner's mentality that no matter what is before you, what is in you is greater. You've got to acquire a winning mentality knowing that through Christ you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You've got to acquire a willing mentality because in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 he says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run but only one receives the prize. He says, run in such a way that you may win. 1 Corinthians 9 24. He says, do you not know that those who run in a race, those who run in a race all run. Everybody runs but only one receives the prize. He says, run in such a way that you may win. The way you run shows the kind of mentality you have. Winning is mainly not even about the competition. It's about being the best and knowing that only, the only thing that can limit you is how far your mind can go. It doesn't matter what, who, how many people are in the competition. Give me one minute and I'm finished, or two minutes. Winners take chances. They always find a way of turning adversity into a flow that is needed to win. Like everyone else, they fear failing, but they refuse to allow that fear to control them. You are a winner. If you're in a bad relationship, get out. You're a winner. If you're married, win by going for counseling. If you're in a bad job, win by finding new opportunities. If you're in a bad financial situation, win by clearing the debt. It's a mentality that you need to do. Failure is a detour, not a dead end. Failure is not final until you nail the coffin. Pastor, so how do I have this winning mentality? I'm glad you asked me. Let me give you only two. Number one, learn to focus on victory. God's movement in your life will not depend on your flaw. David was a small boy. But his smallness, his lack of military experience was not a detour for God to be able to allow him to become a champion. Stop looking at your flaws. The opening of the doors will have nothing to do with your strength, your qualification, your position, your charisma, or your lack of it. It's all to do with God. First John chapter 5 verse 4, for everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world, our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. It's not about your power. You are empowered through him. Learn to focus on victory. Number two, learn to stick to your convictions. That's how you have a winning mentality. Frequently, the difference between success and failure is the resolve to stick to your plan long enough to win. Men, stick to your children long enough to make them winners. The nose of a bulldog is slanted backwards, I've said this, so he can continue to breathe without letting go. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, So let us not be tired of doing good, for if we do not give up, the time will come when we will reap a harvest. 
Let me conclude by saying this. A kite, a kite can't soar without some kind of force against it. Let God be the wind beneath your wings. This is definitely the wrong time to allow fear and doubt to hold you back. Push yourself far away from your fearful place and into a blissful, prosperous future. Men, push yourself. Women, push yourself. Children that you may be watching me at home, push yourself. Families, push yourself. Companies, push yourselves. Black men and women, push yourself. White men and women, push yourself. Let's all push ourselves for a better tomorrow. But if you still stay in your comfort, if you still procrastinate, if you still have a loser's mentality, you will not be able to push yourself. But you can do all things this afternoon through Christ who strengthens you. And somebody says a loud amen. I hope that was a blessing. I hope that helps you in this series of becoming a great CEO of your life. And that will set us up for what we're about to confront in this life. This next generation, you have the opportunities. You have the voice. You have the equipment. You have the power. The foundation has been set for you. But can I say this? You still have to push yourself. Push yourself into the parliament. Push yourself into being a counselor. Push yourself into becoming a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Push yourself to be a CEO of the FTSE 100. Push yourself to become a great lawyer. Push yourself to become a great accountant. Push yourself to become a voice in this nation. So you will not be downtrodden. But you will live in the echelons of greatness. But you've got to push yourself. Lastly, push yourself to be a good Christian that is faithful to God so that he can elevate you and trust you with greatness. I hope you got something from me. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org UK. Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.